0: popular poop stories 1.0 was it's crazy i don't get it because i mean like honestly anal leakage has been something that i was like generally told was embarrassing uh i think people enjoy other folks embarrassment i certainly enjoy most of your embarrassing situations but do we are we at the point where personally embarrassing things or even embarrassing or is it just like this this is some no pun intended shit that happened to me <laughs> You know, like
1: yeah, i'm not embarrassed. I have zero poop stories that I am embarrassed about I'm not gonna did name. I did I tell my poop stories on the last poop stories or were we talking about I wasn't on
0: that one I don't think it was john dill and aaron and, and we never did another one. Nope. Oh, man I mean, I was at dinner the other day with some people I will not name names because I don't want to actually embarrass people who might be embarrassed, but they were talking about how someone offered them 400 dollars to uh, let them jizz on their feet. And I was like sitting there listening to it. I was like, so you took the money, right? And they were like <laughs> They were like, No, that's disgusting. I would never do that. I'm like, I was like, You ever showered in an army shower? And they were like, Well yeah. And I'm like, yeah, man. So you literally let like 50 dudes jizz on your feet oh, for it's free. Different. It's, it's different not. when you're waffle stomping the jizz
1: down the drain. No, but if – By wait, standing <laughs> there watching
0: a dude crank I, one out on your feet. I literally I – I, I don't know from experience. I looked at him and was like – Well, I was like, well, honestly, when I was coming back from my last – Well, every time I've ever gone through Kuwait and the drains back up in the showers and I'm ankle deep. In what appears to be a strange blend of like bleach water and fucking Japanese man of wars. (laughs) I'm like, I was like, man, I was standing ankle deep and dudes jizzing on my fucking feet and I didn't get paid shit. You know, like, and you're not wrong. And then they were like, oh man, that's the most disgusting thing ever. Why would you tell anybody that? I'm like, no, this is just, it's reality of being surrounded by other dudes in, like, tight living conditions and all that other shit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I used to say that I drew the line at poop. Like, I was basically game for anything in the bedroom except poop. was, like, that was where I was going to draw the line. If some chick was like, hey, I want you to take a dump on me or I want to take a dump on you, like, that was where I was like, hey, I'm, I'm out. Fair, and it was actually only me getting pooped on. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I would poop on somebody, but I would leave, <laughs> and that would be the end
0: of our soiree. Like, it's, no, you're not coming funny. back from me pooping on you. 'Cause I hear you, I still hold this line. What I've I've talked to some people, gender non-specific, who have been in your of your mindset that are like, I'd poop on somebody if they wanted me to. And I'm always like, Man, that's weird. And then they'll be like, Well, I tried one time and honestly I got stage fright. Like I, I actually couldn't poop because my butthole was like too it was like it was like, here I am popping a squat on some dude's chest and I just couldn't do it. And I'm like, yeah, that seems like a lot of a lot of pressure.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, full disclosure, I've never been asked to poop on anybody. But I don't think – like, if I had to go, I think – or if it was, like, pre-planned, like, hey, if morning, two cups of coffee. Like, I'm going to poop somewhere somehow. There's your shot. Like, I think it's happening. I don't think I, it's optional at that point.
0: Yeah, I don't uh, – I have a really hard time envisioning a situation where – That would be a reality for me. Yeah, I don't think it is. Well, now I'm married. It's definitely not happening. But I don't know. Maybe um, she's just gonna like surprise you and be like, "Hey, P.S. I woke up this morning and I decided." that's crazy shit. Yeah, for real. And then that's like that's you're like I'm gonna peace out afterwards. So, like, you're like, I'm going to do this thing for you, but also there's a divorce involved. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't – you got to
1: make sure it's worth it, I guess. Like, if that's what you got to have in life and you're like, you need me to poop on you more than you need me, then uh, there's probably other issues at play, right? Oh, 100%. That might be worse than your spouse uh, – somebody somebody's going to attack us for this. But that may be worse than your spouse waking up and deciding they're going to be a different gender –
0: uh, you know what dude. I'm saying? Like, what you, you see, this, is, this poop stories just became culturally divisive commentary 101. <laughs> ah, maybe. I mean, just that's because the your joke, partner right? changes like, their vagina into a penis doesn't mean they're not the same person, Brent. You should yeah, love them no, regardless.
1: I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I understand the argument. I don't have to agree with it. But, <laughs> well, for
0: the record, I don't agree with it either. So we can all get down together. Yeah.
1: If my wife decides she's a dude, I don't. But if she just says she's a dude and nothing changes, I'm like, ah, whatever, like, nothing
0: changed. Do you remember uh, from It's Always Sunny when that super hot chick from Joe Dirt was on there? Yes. She was a pre-op transsexual. Yes. And and it was like, no, I would do that. (laughs) I was literally like, I don't care. I'd do that. (laughs) You just push that thing to the side. You're like, ah, get that out of the way. Yeah, let's not talk about it. We'll pretend like it's not a thing, but also... Brandy. I didn't Brandy. do anything for Brandy. <laughs> yes.
1: You even remember her name is the best from, part.
0: From Joe Dirt. Yeah. It was Brandy. Good God. And remember how uh, Chris Rock was in that movie? And uh, he was like, he's like, yeah, like, oh, dirt this, dirt that. <laughs> it's like, nobody likes you, Joe. Like who thought Kid Rock would make a great fucking redneck? Yeah, Kid movie? Rock.
1: Not you said Chris Rock, and I'm oh like, no no oh, Kid fuck. Rock, Is no not Chris, Rock, Chris Rock, Rock
0: in that movie. It's Kid Rock. Kid Rock. Yeah.
1: yeah, my bad. Yeah, he's all over that thing.
0: Speaking of poop, that's like the best poop scene in any movie ever, where that giant asteroid oh, comes yeah. down, and he's eating his hamburger and French fries off of it. He's like, "You're my best friend, asteroid." <laughs> <laughs> he was like that. Yeah, he tries to. Uh, he tries to sell it because he's so broke. He's like, the asteroid's worth money. And the guy's like, this isn't an asteroid. This is a giant frozen turd that fell out of an airplane. Is he
1: trying to sell it? I thought he like goes into an old folks home to hold him hostage.
0: No, no, no. He gets a, he has to get it valued at an antique store, or like an antiquities place. And the guy's like, see, there's a piece of corn right here. It like holds a like mic- the <laughs> magnifying glass. <laughs> oh God.
1: What's this? At some point he gets a septic tank. And he tries to – am I thinking of the wrong movie? At some point Sceptic he's got a truck. septic – no, he's got like a septic tank and he's like, this thing's going to blow up.
0: Mm. And then
1: they smack the top off and he's I got do remember that. all over his head. I remember that. I haven't seen that
0: movie in so long. I feel like that movie was written specifically for people like us.
1: Oh, totally. That's the, a great deployment movie
0: when you're like –
1: I have already found the end of the internet and – I am on watch yet again. You know, Predator or Joe Dirt. <laughs> yeah, Predator or Joe Dirt. I get over the action movie thing so fast. Uh, right. not Predator. Not Predator though. Because yeah, it's not a real action. Well, it's a real action
0: movie, but it's not like serious. Yeah, this one time I was going down on my girlfriend, <laughs> and like the jokes in the Predator beginning popped out. <laughs> no, no, where he's like, where he's like. And I was like, damn, your pussy's so big. And she said, you don't have to say it twice. And I said, I didn't. (laughs) Where the fuck did that joke come from? That was in the beginning of Predator when they're in the helicopter. And Jesse Ventura is like, yeah, it's like right before he tells the guy to eat the here's have some of this. It'll make you a genuine sexual tyrannosaurus. Just that is the best line in the movie right there. But remember the nerdy guy with the glasses? Who's the commo guy? Yes. The 18 Echo. (laughs) Yes. The 18 (laughs) Echo. That guy, that guy was the writer of the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, we've talked about that in the podcast before. It was like he was the writer of the movie and whoever was supposed to play his character, like the Echo, he like made himself in the movie. And all those like super campy dad jokes that he tells were Billy's like, you remember when like the predator hears Billy laughing? The oh, 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 oh. Yes. That's because he laughed at the joke he finally got. He finally got the joke. You get it? Because her pussy's so big, it echoed. (laughs) Nice. Did your,
1: uh, oh, your headphones fell out. Doug's having technical difficulties. No, no, it's fine.
0: I just got, I... I Are those Beats by Dre? No. I became became animated. I started swinging my hands around. Oh, talking with your hands. Oops. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, all right, so let's get into the poop. We we dabbled in the poop so far.
0: <laughs> so, the are you real gonna question, kick it off with
1: a poop story? Yeah, so it's funny, right? Uh, can you hear me? I can okay. hear you fantastically. Okay, good. It seems can you seems not
0: hear different? you? No, I think I did something. Hold on one second, it just seemed different than it was before. Oh, maybe. Here's a glitch from the Matrix. Whatever, we're just going to keep rolling. Um, it's actually funny that this is brought up because um, I take for granted that all of us have poop stories. And we're going to have one of our friends on pretty soon who suffers from pretty legitimate crippling irritable bowel syndrome. Really? <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. He, he actually was... He spent like two years of our friendship saying that he couldn't join the army because of his IBS. And I was like, dude, everybody in the army has got like some kind of like early onset celiacs. Everybody I know shit themselves. That's not a good excuse to not join the army. (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah. So like he disappears routinely to take monster shits. That's cool. But it's hilarious because like for him, this normal thing That is like a disease he's dealing with his whole life, and I'm like, nah, man, like uh, it's normal for everybody. I mean, I don't know a soft dude who hasn't shit his pants at some point. Not only that, but like, I didn't realize it wasn't normal to take a
1: shit four times a day until
0: I thought that was healthy.
1: With me, and she was like, "You poop like four times a fucking day, bro." I'm like, "Yeah." It's like they're all like violent.
0: (laughs) Yeah. how are you pooping, you know? Uh, I shared a I shared a wet chew with uh my junior bravo on the last trip and he would like yell through the door to the share like there's something wrong with you. Why are you shitting so many times a day? I'm like it's healthy. This is like routine.
1: Dude, this makes me think of a poop story that I hadn't thought I was going to drag onto the podcast, but I'm just going to dive into it. No, no, it's not mine. It'd be It was a first-hand account. So basically,
0: well, I got to tell it now. Yeah, just pull Tucker Max and tell it like it's yours. I should do that.
1: It kind (laughs) of is. So my headmate in uh, Japan, my first duty station, was we were all raging alcoholics. Like Weird. No doubt about it. In Okie? Who would have guessed? Who would have thought, right? So I get off work one day on a Friday and... We were good buddies. So I had my roommate, who's you know now my best friend, and then our headmate, uh, this dude Robbie. This motherfucker could drink. Crazy, he looked like he was out of... Like, in the worst shape you could imagine. Like, looked pregnant, basically. And the dude... 200 ran like pounds of
0: chewed-up bubblegum? Yeah.
1: Like, dude ran, like, a 16-minute 5K. Like, he was absurdly fast. But anyway. So I get off work, and I go into my room, and... There is poop all over our toilet and like it's fucked up our bathroom. I'm like, God damn, man, like Robbie's already off work and like drunk as fuck, like super sauced up. He's like, I'm not cleaning this shit up. I'm going to go find him and make him clean the shit up. So if I'm my roommate, I show him. He's like, dude, what the fuck? Finally, we find Robbie and Robbie's like dead sober, just got off work, just like us. We're like, dude, this, this is fucked up. Like somebody broke into our room and shit in our room. <laughs> So we take Robbie to the room and now it's our th- it's my third look and my roommate's second look and Robbie's first look at this poop and the the poop trail goes off the front of the toilet like somebody was flowing lava and then it drags to the door on Robbie's side. We're like, oh, fuck, man. Like we thought like at a glance, I thought Robbie shows pants and like walked into his room with his you know, while pooping. So we crack open the door and nobody's been in there yet. And there's a there's a snail trail of poo, (laughs) going across Robbie's floor up into his bed. And then a dude in our sister (laughs) platoon that has passed out (laughs) drunk as fuck with like lava coming out of his or that came out of his butt. So basically, this dude was drunk as shit, came into our room to look for us to drink with him at four in the afternoon (laughs) Besides he's going to shit in our toilet, falls asleep like while pooping, like butthole open, lava flowing out and pooped the whole way into Robbie's bed where he falls asleep. (laughs) Robbie had just done his laundry. So all of his clean clothes are on his bed. And this dude is just rolling in poo in Robbie's bed. So by now, there's like eight people in this fucking room looking at this poop scene. Like, What (laughs) the fuck, dude? And the poop was the worst smelling poop. You can imagine. So nobody can really stand to be in there for more than like a minute. I'm like, well, I ain't cleaning this shit up. And this, there's a, we're all standing there like covering our faces with our shirts. And there's a like new Motor T private that's in there to see the poop scene. And he's like, nothing over his face. He's just soaking (laughs) this shit in. No pun intended. And he's like, I'll clean this shit up. Like, it doesn't bother me in the least bit. I'm like, man, I don't know where the suspect
0: fuck you... suspect is fine.
1: <laughs> I was thinking like, bro, I don't know where the fuck you grew up, but like that was
0: some fucked up shit. Bro. Well I mean I feel like if he eagerly volunteered to clean it up, it's possible his pants were already tighter.
1: Uh maybe now that you mention it, that thought didn't cross my mind. I was but we were just, just talking to about somebody it.
0: Somebody else is gonna clean up the poop.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah. Listen, I'll so clean that's this poop up and my... then I'll clean
0: myself up afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: What, well, dude? I came. I was thinking. I'm like, man, poop stories. Because we've talked about poop stories so much. I was like, I've already told my good poop stories. But now I'm a new dad, so I was like, fuck, dude. I've got. I've been shit on for the last year by this kid. So I've got tons of
0: poop anecdotes. And it's not a. It's like with kids, it's never an easy thing. It's either like muddy or. Like- Watery, it always smells
1: bad. My kid is very, uh, like hot cold. She either is like kind of dehydrated, so you, there's like this turd ball in the diaper and you just water it up and throw it away, or it's liquefied and it's everywhere. Which, by the way, nobody in as growing up as a male or being an adult male that talks about kids talks about the fact that you will have to scoop poop. Out of your daughter's vagina, which you is gotta do it, grossest thing you can do is that.
0: Well, it's not as gross as a urinary tract infection. <laughs> Maybe.
1: I see that I'm only
0: you know a year
1: and some change deep into this whole dad life thing. So, yeah, scooping,
0: scooping, uh, got it. You know what I mean? So gross, dude. I don't know here. how people do the adult diaper thing, like nurses. That you have mean, to deal with that shit. You mean people who do the adult diaper thing like recreationally or people that do it like for old people that need it? No, for old people that need it. <laughs> like wearing one as an adult, I could totally see
1: myself being like, man, you know what? I got to push on this road trip. I'm going to hit Walmart and grab a Depends. <laughs>
0: true, <laughs> true mark of alcoholism is the well, dude that, that wears an adult diaper so he can just stick it out through the whole night. You know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Gross. Um. Man.
0: Yeah, man, I don't think that it's weird to me, though. Like, I was never grossed out by kid poop just because I, like, knew it was coming constantly. It's like potty training a dog. You're like, you know, this is coming.
1: Yeah, I knew it was coming. I I guess it's more of a surprise
0: when you get on the backside where it's like, I mean, you're still too young for this to be like quite. You're not old enough to shit your pants You're like five years older than me Yeah, maybe. but trust me, like at a certain point it becomes more questionable You're like, you are like, you know how you used to be able to be like Man, there's a lot of gas inside And I'm going to like just kind of push it out And my stomach will feel better Oh, you're talking about sharding? That yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. even count as pooping <laughs> I like, It doesn't count But it does when you're like Well, I just uh, turned it to a mudslide back there I'm going to have to excuse myself I Why do you only say, have one sock on? Well, I excused myself to the bathroom <laughs> and I cleaned
1: dude, up. I will say, as I've gotten older, so when when I got when I was getting out of the mill, I had renters in my house when I got back from my last uh, deployment, and so I was like couch surfing with buddies. So I'm couch surfing at my buddy's place, and he's like, "Hey, dude, let's go for a run." I'm like, "Cool, sounds good." So we do, you know, wake up semi hungover go for a run and we're on the way back and we're like a half a mile from his house. And I'm like, dude, I've got to poop
0: now. Like, you know, it's bad not, though. If you have optional. poop cramps while you're running, it's really bad.
1: It was weird. Cause it hit me probably a mile out. I was like, Oh man, I got to poop. And I'm like a mile. Like we can bang out this mile and I'll poop at the house and a half a mile. I'm like looking at people's yards for the most covering concealment, <laughs> and, <laughs> and yo, uh, Smokey
0: back there taking. I was like, shit. "Hey,
1: man, I'm. I got to poop. Like, now it's happening." And he's like, "Dude, we're like in a neighborhood. You can't." And I'm like, "Yeah, watch me, dude. There's these two big pine trees, and I'm gonna poop right between them. Uh, broad daylight in a neighborhood, like seven a.m. Terrible. Uh, but point being, as I've gotten older, there's no more like. I'm going to fight this thing off and hold it for an extended period of time. It's like, nope. once I got to
0: poo, I got to poo. Dude, my kids were talking about it the other day. Like my ex-wife, it's always like, well, we can't poop in public. I'm like, y'all have never actually had to take a shit. If you can tell me that you feel a pressing urge to take a shit and you can't, you, you're you willing to forego the opportunity of cool porcelain in any, oppor- any place, like, well, I don't want people listening to me then you've never really had to shit because the crippling, like it's leaking out. (laughs) Like my stomach is in knots. I feel like I might die. And I would just as soon let it run down my leg in public as I would, you know, try to make it to the bathroom. That's when you need to shit. Dude. I, uh, I woke up
1: on a road trip one time already in like the poop sweats. (laughs) So I wake up and the dude driving, I'm like, bro, you gotta pull over right now, and he's like, "Into where?" I'm like, "This car dealers." <laughs> he's like, "What the fuck?" You-? I'm like, "Pull over!" I didn't even tell him I had to poop. Like, I was beyond the point of being able to form coherent <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> uh, Long ass road trip. Wake up. Pulls into this dealership, and I sprint. I, and when I say sprint, I don't. I'm not exaggerating in the least bit. I sprint past the reception desk, and don't want stab- to buy a car yet. <laughs> Yeah, you know, sprint in, blow this thing up, and then try to walk out all nonchalant. And you know how it is on a road trip. Like you, you sit in that car like you fucking live in it, and you look straight up homeless. You know, like I was, I probably didn't even have pants on as I ran into this
0: dealership. (laughs) Well, you know, the first road trip I ever took with Corey when he came on to film with us, we were somewhere in like central Virginia off ninety five, and he was like, "Yo, I really got to take a shit," and Corey's a Corey's a fucking road dog, man. That dude, is a good sport, and he can do anything. And I barely know him. All I knew is that he was hired by our old CEO. And, like, we're going to go do this thing together in Rehoboth Beach with Ryan. And we're on our way there. And he's like, dude, I got to take a shit. I'm like, well, I think it's going to be, like, another 10 miles. The next gas station, can you hold it? And he's like, no. <laughs> and I was like, cool. So Scout was with us. The dogs were with us. And, uh... And literally, um, the the dude, we rolled into this like empty old gas station with an 18-wheeler like chassis next to it. And he goes and like kind of hides between the building and the old chassis. But there's like a bunch of empty space underneath it. So I just squatted down and took a candid photo of him like blowing out his asshole. And in retrospect, I realized these are the things that, our HR firm should be telling me I'm not supposed to do. <laughs> Every, everybody
1: already tells you you're not supposed to take pictures oh. of employees shitting.
0: <laughs> I could even with
1: the 1099 loophole. <laughs> the
0: 1099 loophole. That <laughs> I I I really appreciate that you know there's no 1099 loophole, but you continually reference it. <laughs> no, it's <that's> a thing. <laughs> Uh, if you're a contract employee of SoftWeek, you you cannot sue Doug for being himself. Yeah. Uh,
1: somebody that does that instantly goes up in my book, though. But no, the best
0: part when is they're just like, "Dude, no. Corey and I made eye contact while I was taking a picture, and he just started laughing his ass off. And I was like, bro, this is too good of a moment not to commemorate. And he was like... Definitely, and I knew at that point I was like, "Well, Corey's in; he's he's in the gang." (laughs) It it was that moment in Step Brothers. Yeah. Did we just become best friends? Did we become best friends? Yeah.
1: Now we will forever fuck off with each other and say we are working.
0: Yeah, until Dad says that I have to find a new road trip friend. (laughs) Listen,
1: you're not getting enough work
0: done. Corey needs to edit more and go on less camping trips with you. I'm like, okay, fine.
1: Yeah. Well, Corey was editing, but then I wanted somebody to go camping with for two <laughs> weeks, so Corey's not
0: editing anymore. It was oh, a great dude. time. He got everything done when he got home. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the reality of this is, though, why do, Why does everybody in our society shy away from public pooping? Because we have, like, real plumbing. So no, this
1: like I have a... Uh, a couple of friends that live in Seattle that work in the city. And they were saying when COVID hit and all the stores closed, there was poop everywhere. Because we all the bums, yeah, all these bums could not poop anymore in stores. So they're like, well, yeah. I got to shit somewhere.
0: Uh, they're just shitting on the streets. But if you, I mean, dude, you've been to San Francisco. There's poop everywhere. San Francisco didn't even need COVID to be like that. <laughs> Dude, that place is gross. But, dude, we were in Portland. I had Cosmo, and he's just getting housebroken. He ate some food when we ate dinner. I was out with John Warren. He ate some
1: poop on the street. Uh,
0: he t- So he's taking a dump, and I don't have a shit bag. And I'm looking around. I'm like, fuck, I better pick this up. And I look left, and I look right, and I realize there's a human taking a shit actively, like, 50 feet down the line in the middle. And I look the other direction, and there's human shit in the middle of the sidewalk the other direction. I was like, you know what? Portland's going to have to deal with my dog shit on the sidewalk because I was like, let's just go. Portland's
1: not going to give a fuck about that little puppy poop. No. It's that, like,
0: meth addict bear shit on the street. <laughs> it was not a little puppy poop either. Met like, met. puppies shit their body weight every time they shit. Dude, that's the cutest dog ever, though. He's a pretty rad. He's asleep on my feet right now. Oh, yeah, awesome. my dog is, too.
1: I was kind of afraid. he. My dog has... Uh, my dog's fucking terrified of everything, and it's storming outside right now. So <laughs> I didn't really sleep last night because he fucking paces around and shit, and you can hear his nails hitting the carpet. God. But I was afraid he was going to do that during our podcast, so I threw a rug down in my office, which is probably good acoustically anyway. Yeah. <laughs> For sure.
0: Um, I, am, uh, I, I definitely, I mean, kids and puppies, you're like, first of all, I take pretty big shits. I'm like a, almost a 200-pound guy. I Sometimes I'm like, damn, that was impressive. I've never in my life had clogged toilets more than with like a six-year-old daughter. Is she just flushing weird shit, though? No. Her poops look like a grown man's forearm. Oh. You're like, you come in there and you're like, wait, what have you been – how did it like, – I don't understand. Do I need to take you to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> She's always like, I clogged the toilet. Like, no wonder you literally shit like a full-grown grizzly bear. <laughs> to be fair, your kid might be part grizzly bear. I hope that we do a, a twenty-three and Me to find out that there is like, they're like, uh oh, weird. There's grizzly bear DNA in your in your kids. Your,
1: your kid is the missing link. <laughs> oh
0: man! When She's you posted
1: like, the pictures of her
0: birthday, I did not recognize her. Well, to be fair, Kim dressed her, so that was good. Uh, That's where where the dress came from. And then everything else was me. You know, oh, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go for your birthday? M. Sushi. Oh, you want a $600 sushi dinner? Well, what baby wants, baby gets. (laughs) Yeah, for real. I think
1: there's definitely a trend. Scout is almost too old for me to say this about her, but there's a trend when kids are with their fathers, they look
0: homeless. I mean, that's my, not a trend. My, that's facts.
1: My wife left for the weekend, and if you look at pictures she sends me when I'm gone versus pictures I send her when she's gone, she's like, is our, has our kid bathed? And I'm like, I just got her out of the bath. And she's like, she looks fucking dingy, man. <laughs> like, what are you doing to this kid? I'm
0: like, I don't know. Look, like, dad shit. But this is the cultural uh, double standard that makes life worth living, Brent. I can literally go to any location. Like, I could – I'm going to outline – potential situations that would have CPS called on you like hypothetically if I had a business meeting at a strip club and I took a six year old with me now this is not really I'm just saying this is like worst case scenario I could show up with a kid with like two week old clothes never brushed her hair and I'm like oh I'm here for this business meeting with my kid and everyone like not just the strippers everybody was like oh man what a good dad (laughs) you know like because I don't think anybody would say that, Doug. No, they do. Like literally, you go places, Scout literally like has a pocket knife clipped to her like dirty that may dress. Be not and People are clip. like, oh, what a good dad. And all you have to do as a parent, if you're a male, is show up. I was gonna
1: say the bar is set so low for a male parent, it's like
0: yep. just be there. Yeah, just show up. And people are and like you're, killing Man, you're like the best dad. <laughs> and you're like, I'm not actually i'm I'm learning as i go the children are still alive but the be- the best part about that is like women will cut each other down over like ooh, i can't believe you're not breastfeeding or i can't believe you are breastfeeding oh for sure yeah like, it's painful to watch that man but i mean like in you a woman shows up with a kid and like one hair's out of place and they're like oh you don't love your kid very much Gosh, do you one of those mom <laughs> i will say so
1: i had a or I had – I have a good friend that has, like, cut ties with dudes we know over them being shitty dads, like deadbeat dads. Uh, me and to too. me, I was always like, man, that's fucking weird, like, before I had a kid. And now that I have a kid, I'm like, nope, got it. Like, I judge other people fucking hard as shit. So hopefully I don't I end up a
0: deadbeat because I'm only, like, <laughs> a year into this thing, but – I remember when you guys would look at me funny when I would shit talk dudes that like were bad dads. I was like, fuck that guy. Like the unforgivable sin is that he can't be engaged with his kids. And you guys were like looking at me funny. And now you get it, though, right? Oh, for sure. And I'm not even talking about like bad dad as in
1: like that dude's not doing shit right. Like I don't if you're around, that's better than like nothing. Right. Uh, I'm talking about the dudes that are like straight up like, oh,
0: a kid. Nope, ain't got time for that.
1: <laughs> I got to I mean, go.
0: There's dudes that take pride in being shitty dads because uh, they don't yeah. connect it with being a shitty dad. They connect it with some weird combative relationship with their baby mama. And it's like, she's not going to get shit from me. I'm like, uh, that's weird. You knocked up a cocktail waitress with twins. There's nothing and- wrong with this. No, but then you're going to say, I don't know why she can't support that kid. I don't know. She's like six weeks postpartum with your twins. She's not getting a nickel out of me. I'm like, well, I would make sure the kid has formula. And, you know, it's like just being mad at your baby mama because of a reason isn't a justification to like not take care of your kids. You know, I also realize like our kid doesn't
1: do any daycare, child care, like my mom will watch her you know, once or twice a week for like a half a day type of deal. But I, and so, you know, it's softly basically across the board. Now we all work remote and we have general business hours, but we're not held to some crazy schedule. It's like the best job setup you could hope for if you are a parent. I have no fucking clue how people hold down. like Dude, a real, t- Like a real job as a single parent would be
0: fucking impossible. I tell Scout all the time because she, like, literally, it'll be you and me on the phone and she'll interrupt. And I'm like, don't you know I'm doing work? And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Are you saying that you love your work more than you love your child? And I'm like, you know, I never saw my dad from 7 in the morning till 5 o'clock at night because he was working. My kid is so Part of that was on purpose, up. though. He was like, dude, I'm going to work so I don't have to deal with this fucking kid. Well, think about our entire generation, our parents' generation – they were like they worked all these hours and our moms had to deal with us and yeah. we were hellions. Well, mine didn't like because I, I my dad was like, fuck you, I'm out. Right. Um, like, did he go for cigarettes and not come back out or God, like basically. Right. OK. Because uh, you still enough. hang with your mom a lot. Right. Uh, Yeah. Um, like, I don't talk to my dad at all. So compared to that, like, yeah. You know. I'm not saying you're a mama's boy, but I recognize you have a relationship. Yeah, yeah. like
1: I talked to my mom. I haven't talked to my dad in years. Uh, But even she was like, you know, single parent doing her thing. She was like, all right, bro, like I'm out of here at 7 a.m. to go to work. Good luck getting yourself to school. Uh, Make sure you eat some shit. See you and then get back at like five, six at night. But that's your memory. What did she do before that? Uh, before that, sh- so we, I remember being very young and in daycare. I think most people do the daycare thing. Like Bill's got a daughter that's the same age as mine and she does like a nanny daycare type of deal. We're we looking do at a, that,
0: but you got to do a nanny. Cause like if you, I mean, and I'm like, maybe nah. we're too particular, but I've looked at daycare. I mean, Scout was in daycare briefly and like there was one out of all, like out of all the people that worked at the daycare she was at, one person was a decent caregiver. And we ended up hiring her as a nanny.
1: Oh, I don't care, man. As long as like they put my kid in a pen and but don't they let her won't. stick her fingers in a
0: socket. Like, if you look, a lot of
1: the times it's I'm like, joking. dude, they
0: change the diaper twice in like an eight hour day. And you come back and like they, they, they know when you're showing up. So they'll change the diaper right at the end. And I'm like, I'm sure someone's listening to this and they're like, I work in childcare. You're an asshole. We don't do that. I'm like, OK, Fuck cool. Who cares? <laughs> but also like uh, I can't even imagine. Think about this. Think about how much poop they do have to deal with, though. Yes! Like, they're probably changing diapers all fucking day. Well, we're, like, we have a kid at a time, and we're like, man, it's a lot of poop. And these people are paid, like, what, $12 an hour or something to change diapers of, like, 10 kids? I think it's... But
1: if it's your job... Like, the problem is when you're wrangling one kid and you're trying to, like, talk on your phone and, like, answer emails and shit, it's a handful. But when you're, like... I don't have to do any of that other shit.
0: All I got to do is make sure these things don't kill each other or die. I think it's easier. I mean, you have to understand <clears throat> those girls have to keep their Etsy account running, their OnlyFans updated, and they've got to check hinge while they're changing diapers.
1: We have different ideas of who's watching our kids,
0: I guess. <laughs> now, I'm just saying,
1: I feel people like people are going to be like, the- is this the Poop Stories podcast or the Dad Stories podcast, you fucking lames?
0: Oh, well, to be fair, being a dad involves. A lot of shit.
1: Tons, Tons of poop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it involves all of the poop. Um, I mean, the reality. I think that most of the deployed poop stories I have aren't really poop stories that like of note to me because they I don't just have to be feel deployed, like dude. I have shit day. myself in the U.S. more than abroad. It's dietary. Like, I will eat a meal that's like just got something in it. Like, and it's not, it's not the heat, right? It's like maybe like super high fat content. Like I eat a whole ribeye, like, and I just feel like. Our coffee protein crinks. makes you
1: poop yourself, doesn't it? Oh, the
0: MCT that? oil is like. I always give people the warning, like, hey, this, some people. Well, I did a lot of reading because I asked Bill. The internet indicates <laughs> that low quality MCT will do that pretty universally. Yep. Um I Bill was like, no, we use good MCT, and I'm like, okay. So I went and like ghee butter, other MCT oils. They all just, it's like, just X fill. It's like grease. It it just greases the entire shoot. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, are you cleaned up without it? No, no. uh, I just have a, I just poop a lot. But I mean, it's weird because, like, I never understand how it is that. When when God, and I will use this in a nebulous sense because maybe people do or don't believe in a higher power. But when when our divine power created us in his infinite wisdom. When we evolved and, with our own infinite wisdom. Well, was. that motherfucker. Like, so when we evolved whatever, <clears throat> why did our buttholes only get taste buds for like hot foods? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like
1: spicy poop is the only yeah of
0: poop basically.
1: Yeah, it's like, either I mayonnaise or it's hot fire.
0: <laughs> but I don't get, I don't get like vanilla poops or like this. This yeah. other food makes it a particularly soothing poop. It's just uh, normal poop. I think the or the soothing
1: poops. poops are often just not noteworthy. Now, I've been trying. This would be a different podcast, but I've been trying to be very appreciative of like minor. Good things, and I now really appreciate like a good clean poop. Well, you know what I mean, like a no wiper or a one wiper. And you're like, I'm not a weeaboo. Just was good.
0: I'm not a weeaboo. What's a weeaboo? Weeboos are the people who appropriate Japanese culture, like anime, whatever. Oh. But I also am here to say, and maybe we can get a sponsorship out of this from like from from a bidet company, but all of these new Japanese bidet toilet seats are the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. Hands down. Like, yeah. I mean, I used to wipe and be like, wow, I don't know why I have track marks in my, in my liner. Cause I use like three wipes of toilet paper, but it's like, I was washing my hands dry. Right. It's like, Oh, let me just wipe my hands off. No, I've
1: heard this argument.
0: Paper. I'm a big fan of baby wipes. I don't like what they do to septic tanks. As an eighteen Charlie, I know I've had to clean out so many septic lines from yeah, all the wet wipes I've got a that dudes use at the house. I hate them because dudes, guy, guys are like they they assume after they shit in a porcelain bowl and flush it that whatever they put down there goes away, and it goes into my yard. I know that I have a I don't have a rotor rooter. On deployment, So I literally have to get in there with a, I had make a homemade rotor rooter and then I've got to go get the suction truck and run it into the tank and try to pull the poops out. And I'm sitting here going, I think I'm paid too much. Like I'm the senior Charlie. I'm not supposed to be doing this, but nobody else knows how to drive the shit truck. So here <laughs> <Exactly>. I am. <laughs> Dude, I had a, I had a forklift. So
1: my whole first team, when I got to Marsoc, the first like team training event It was the most absurd thing I've seen. We all got our forklift driving licenses because that team chief had been stuck somewhere and, like, the one dickhead that was allowed to drive a a forklift wasn't there for, like, three days and he was stuck somewhere on a flight line for, like, three fucking days. And I'm like,
0: this is the dumbest training I've ever been to. But Uh, I've driven the shit out of some forklifts now. It's it's literally the same thing as saying your dog is a service dog. People ask if you can drive a forklift. You just say yes. No yeah. one says no. show me your driver's license. It's I one was, of those
1: like you go to a two hour fam and then it's like we're gonna fuck around with forklifts and move in boxes all day and like cool. And then after that day you can forever figure you just oh I'm not used to the you know, Explorer six thousand model, it takes me a second and then you're off to the fucking races,
0: man. Have you ever driven one of those Tarix um they make the Sealand container oh, yeah. movers that yeah, have yeah. locks? And they're like the. Dude, big I've wide driven arms. a weird uh, amount of forklifts now. Those those Terex container movers, we had to move a container, and somebody was like, you can drive that, right? And I'm like, yeah, for sure. And then I'm in it, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, this is actually, it's a very complicated thing. <laughs> dude, I have a, a good buddy I race dirt bikes with, or ride
1: dirt bikes now. I haven't raced in a couple of years. But he uh, he's like a... Self-made millionaire, did real estate for a long time, owned a weird security company, like kind of just a weird dude who's made a shitload of money doing weird shit. And in his boredom, he was like, man, I want to redo the yard. So instead of hiring somebody, he like bought a bobcat and a welder and fucking. So fast forward and this dude's got like eight pieces of heavy equipment. He's like, I guess I'll start a business for this shit. Nice. But I'm always like, Tom, how the fuck did you do that? And he's like, I don't know, man. I just started fucking with it and like building shit in my yard and figured it out. And he's like, and now that's what I do. He's like, you ever want to want a job, you know, 500 bucks a day to come move dirt. I'm like,
0: that Damn, silly. that's
1: pretty good. Yeah. I mean, a day with Tom is like a 18, 20 hour
0: day though. He's like, he's getting his money's worth out of you. I get that. I mean, it's a weird thing, man. I, w- <laughs> this is kind of poop adjacent, mostly because I get so annoyed about having to drive that suction truck um in 2011 but we were co-located with some Whiteside seals on that trip and the the mentality that we work unsupported a lot like we oh. and i use the term work lightly because it's not always work yeah, it's fuck like around yeah yes, we fuck around unsupported, yeah. yeah we fuck unsupported <laughs> you know like we yeah. don't have <laughs> we don't have a lot of people there to help so we have to do stuff and um I think that the attitude – I mean Marsoc's the same way in a lot of yeah, ways. You totally. just don't have a huge support mechanism. Yep. That's the um, whole idea. So it's like, hey, um, I got to move a pallet. Well, I better do it, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so like these kids, they got a special air mission bird out of our location because we were shutting Iraq down. And the airfield wasn't secured. So like the bird didn't want to land. And the they were packing up all their gear on a four sixty three L, and I mean, I know the rules, so I'm telling them like, hey, that pallet's too tall. And you're like, you don't know that your your eyes aren't a tape measure. And I'm like, well, I guarantee you it's over ninety eight inches, and that's the that, I was like, you guys have a C one thirty coming, so like ninety eight inches is your max height. Also, you packed it like shit, and all the sides stick out, and even though you have the net on it, it's not gonna fit in the back door. And they were like. Ah, man, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, oh, all right, man, like for sure. Like I, you guys are special. You got somebody come in, just be prepared. You might have to repack it on the flight line. And they were like, okay, okay. So it gets better. <laughs> Turns yeah, they out. They were repacking it on the flight line. Well, of course, but just the airfield wasn't secure. The airfield was secured by some South African contractors and some like, like, I don't know. I think that they were like Kenyans or something, right? And, um, the U S aircraft wouldn't land on the flight line because it wasn't U S personnel securing it. So the seals are like, I mean, it was like a team minus, it was literally like seven or eight dudes. And they're like, um, Hey, our plane just called and said, they can't land. Can you guys like secure the airfield? So it's me and like four Yehus from the Alabama national guard. And I'm like, well, who's going to get your pallet to the flight line? I was like, don't y'all know that um, the uh, that they blockaded all the roads and they were like, yeah. And they're were like, we're just going to drive a K loader, you know, and I'm like, can you drive a K loader? Like, no, well, we, we were thinking you were going to drive a K loader. <laughs> I'm like, but I was like, I can't drive a K loader down there. So I was like, yes. So we had to. We had to hijack a bongo truck, like a little bongo truck, and I put the pallet on the bongo truck, and then I drove in front, and every checkpoint, whether it was Iraqi Army or the Kenyan guards, was me with a K-loader picking up concrete barriers and moving them out of the way so the bongo truck could drive by and then putting them back so that the guys wouldn't be mad at me. So I'm like, it's this whole thing to get down there. And then there's like four Alabama National Guardsmen all sharing a bottle of Jack Daniels on the flight line, and I'm on the radio talking to the pilot, telling him that the flight line's secured by U.S. personnel. They land blacked out, like it's like oh, you know, it's just like a dangerous place to be. Lights come on, and they're like, "All right, uh, you're the forklift driver," and I'm like, "Yeah," and they're like, "You've loaded a pallet into a oh my into God. A, a C-130 before, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I can follow directions, bro. It is not easy." To load a pallet into a fucking You're seal like, hunter. are you doing
1: Navy SEAL hand and arm signals or Air Force hand and arm signals?
0: The Air Force guys were solid, but like they tried their best. They were like, they saw the pallet and I could see the crew chief made the same face I did, which is, that's not 98 inches. Yep. <laughs> and the thing that got me is with a K-Loader, you're danger close to hitting the sides of the aircraft with just the forks. Yeah. Just pulling it in. And then the Air Force guys will pull the pallet in they'll like lower the ramp and then raise the ramp to get a little bit more headroom on the pallet because i guess the door is lower than the ceiling height so there's some artful things that you can do to push the pallet in on rollers to get like a half inch or whatever well, and those dudes know like how to do it because it's but we literally bumped we bumped both sides of the door not with my forklift with the pallet, like with, the, with if they loaded, cause they loaded it over the edges of the pallet. It wasn't going to fit. So we had to back it up and I lowered it down and the guys, yep, I got you. The guys look going, at me. I get on my dog out. Yeah, no worries. Dudes look at me and they're like, Hey man, these guys need to repack this pallet. And I'm like, you tell them I'm not in charge of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they tell them, these guys start repacking the pallet and I'm helping them at this point. Cause I'm like, Hey man, like you guys need to go. The the pilots for the 130 were like, Right, we're out of here. Like, we're not waiting on this. Like, this is they're like, you guys said this flight line was secured. But all I see is like three rednecks. And I think I saw a bottle of Jack Daniels. And like
1: <laughs> They're You're like, like yeah, we're yeah, out of here.
0: Secured, right. So like they they just take off. And this is when I realized that Green Berets aren't shit. And Navy SEALs are the darling of the siege of soda because the the bird takes off and leaves them. And I'm repacking the pallet. I'm like, well, if your bird comes back, you at least want your pallet packed right, right? The bird's out five, ten minutes off, away from us, and the guy, one of the seals, gets a call on his cell phone, and they're like, oh yeah, see, so just sort of turned that bird back around. It's coming back to you. And I'm like, um, if I missed a flight, I would be waiting weeks. You'd be taking the cab back. For- <laughs> But yeah, right. I'd be going to Erbil International Airport and paying for my own plane ticket out of home pocket yeah. with no hope of reimbursement. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> uh, I'd leave my guns and shit behind too." <laughs> but yeah, they turned the bird around and then they almost crashed the C130 on the flight line cuz they landed it blacked out again and they overshot the end of the runway. Yeah. Nice. It was bad. That's pretty bad. I've I've had
1: some interesting uh experiences with like the team going through customs, uh but nothing quite that bad. Well, it's Basically, my between. team brought a bunch of surfboards and compound bows on a J-set one time. As, that, as they should, yeah, was
0: not kosher with the Moroccan uh, customs dudes. The Moroccan customs guys didn't like the bows or the surfboards.
1: The well, th- with the surfboards, they were like laughing and like kind of giving a shit. But then with the bows, uh, we ha- we like we're gonna try to do some like pig hunting in the Atlas Mountains. Was our yeah. idea. And we had broadheads and the big hang up after much talking, uh, was one, they didn't think the bows were serialized and they never like asked cause they were like, well, this isn't accountable. And we're like, yeah, it's our personally owned shit. And they just went and what they meant was like, how are we going to get a?" But there's a serial number on most nice compound bows. So all of our bows had serial numbers on them, but the big hang up was the broadheads, because to them it was like you're gonna, this is like an assassin's weapon. I mean, to like, be fair, no, I'm they're not kill wrong. A pig, and then the idea, you know, of killing the pig was whole other debate. But uh, once we <laughs> Wait, showed them, you want to kill porks, dude? This was like six hours sitting there, like the three of us that had bows, just like fuck it. Everybody else went uh, to the base where we were going to hang out, and we we're
0: sitting there like back and forth with these dudes while they made phone calls. But I mean that's an honest mistake, right? I mean the point that I'm trying to make in general is that I feel like – and I don't know if this is a cultural thing that we've moved away from. But the idea of – it's like – I'll make a parallel. If you are buying a house in the country or buying land and building a house, it's not the cost of the house and the land by itself that you need to have in your bank or that you need to finance because there are going to be problems with your well. There's going to be like – Road maintenance that needs to be done. There's a whole bunch of like basic maintenance things that you need to know how to do, or diagnose, or pay for. And when you deal with like going to like if I'm going semi-supported to Iraq or Morocco or really anywhere in in the developing world, um, you should understand that like hey, I can't just call uh, the plumbing night, <laughs> you know, or I can't yeah. just. Reach over to the motor pool and have a guy show up with all the equipment that I need. Like, you need to understand, like, from the time you get on the plane to the time you get off the plane back in the States, you, ha- you have to be able to load your own stuff. You have to be able to support yourself. Well, or have the funding to pay a local to do it. Yeah, which, you know, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't trust a local to do certain things. But, yes, for plumbing and stuff, for sure. Anything to do with poop, I trust them. Uh, yeah. Because they have to deal
1: with that Like, no matter where you are, they have a system for dealing with the poop.
0: And you just find was, the guy that deals with that poop. My first trip to Afghanistan, I remember being super... Like, I'm like, holy shit, we paid these Afghanis to pump all of our shit out and, like, go process it. But we don't have a poop processing place on our camp, obviously, like you ever did. Right. And uh the guys would bring the trucks in. They'd pump out the porta shitters and the septic tanks. And then you'd be like i wonder where they dump it cuz like the whole time we've been running around there's no septic like facilities in afghanistan and then one day i did a foot patrol out the back gate and i just see three shit trucks lined up next to the semi dried out river that runs next to our next to our camp that we've walked in a few times <laughs> and the trucks are just downloading all the shit right into the river and I'm like um we paid you guys to carry our septic 400 yards <laughs> like this is not
1: good for anyone I was expecting you guys to have some weird like holding pool of drinking water
0: and these dudes are just like dumping the poop. dumping it in the drinking water <laughs> Fuck No these guys yeah I I mean that's what I've learned more and more from dealing with Jeff too is like a lot of the exposure stuff that we deal with in other countries is just because other countries just don't have a grasp on like public health issues. Yeah. We're just soft. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, dude, look, I mean, you, you spent time in Morocco, right? I did. Morocco is by all, for all intents and purposes, Morocco is the first world, but it's not, but it's not like educated first worlders live there. Everyone that's there has a college degree from somewhere in a, first world country, or at very least, a Moroccan university?
1: Well, universities in Africa are a whole... This is why I never understood when, you know, you talk to guys, that are like, I was a doctor in this country, and I come to America, and I'm, you know...
0: (laughs) Taxi driver.
1: Taxi driver, whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's bullshit. And then I saw a university, quote-unquote, in Africa, and was like, this is why. This is smaller
0: than my high school, And teaches at a lower level. Yeah, but the Moroccan educational system is very heavily influenced by the French system. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying just Morocco. My point is... I mean, what gets me is that you're not wrong. You're 100% right. But a lot of, like, countries that are developed, Egypt, Morocco, they have legitimate medical training, lawyers, like, they teach people the law as it exists it's very weird because they don't have like OSHA. No. So that construction is Isn't a building brilliant. codes. A lot of the places. Yeah. Like at all. They don't understand like because water quality is poor, they never mix good concrete, but most of their buildings are made of concrete. So you wonder why they're always falling apart. And it's like, because yeah. they use local water with bad mineral content. But I mean, what gets me the most about it is like ostensibly these people are really well-educated they know that the concept of public health affects them because they've gone and lived in, you know, France or England or the United States, and yet when you go there in the nicest neighborhoods in the nicest cities, like I lived in Rabat for like eight months, and I, I dude, I mean, like, it's a nice Rabat. city. It's a nice well, city. I'll give you. It's that. a nice city. It's the. It, it's like a diplomatic. Uh, it's the craziest diplomatic concentration I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah. I mean, I was when I was in Morocco, I spent most of my time in southern Morocco in like a little fishing village and like near Chefchaouen, or uh, near like Tifnit and Agadir. Okay. Like, Agadir. Yeah, Agadir. So yeah, just Agadir. south of Agadir. Right on. Uh, yeah. So compared to Agadir, Robot sucks,
0: but. Well, Agadir's weird because Agadir's what you expect from Morocco. Yes. It's like a beach town with like music and Dude, culture. I loved and, it. Like, I was only I there like, a month. I had an absolute blast. Uh, I liked Rabat. It's an old pirate city, you know, with like forts and castles. It's cool
1: on. for sure. I meant, when I say it's I been, didn't enjoy Rabat, it, Rabat was more of like a scene
0: for last Rabat of a has nothing term. but party, it's yeah. like bars, restaurants, social shit. Yes. And that's all, but good. it's clicky but, too, right? Like, you yeah. Gotta, yeah. And I was plugged in cause I did the hashing, like the hash herring. Oh, did the, you? Yeah. The drunk running there. Yeah, I did that in Wilmington a few times, never anywhere else though. But I liked it. Um, but it was really weird. I live in like the nicest neighborhood in yep. the, probably the nicest city. I mean, Casablanca is, is slummy, right? Yeah. Like it's, uh, on the surface, very romantic, but also, like, it's more like uh, a favela. Did you go to
1: Marrakesh at all?
0: Yeah, and I, I actually think that Marrakesh is really cool as a tourist dude, I destination. I loved it. Well, it's Indiana Jones. In yeah. In real life. 100%. But it's also, like, it's the Disney World location. It's the Orlando yeah, of, fuck yeah, of was... uh, Morocco. Yeah, we, but I don't
1: want real Morocco, do You <laughs> think I want to go to, like, dirt poor Morocco and fucking eat with...
0: Yeah. No. I mean, I did that in the desert and I went and visited Fez and I was like, well, that was authentic. Maybe not going to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> but all of that to say, to go back to like the poop and everything, it's weird to be in one of the nicest neighborhoods that has a very underdeveloped septic system. And the empty lot next to the beautiful Riyadh that I lived in was full of trash. Like it was. Oh, the yeah, neighborhood, yeah, for sure. Neighborhood trash dump. You know, like all yeah, these that, people living in million dollar totally houses weird. are dumping their trash in the lot next to their house. And you're like, it's still your neighborhood. You still smell it in your backyard. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. I mean, the house we had in car, it was the same deal. It
1: was like a I don't know, four story, 10 bedroom house across the street from the beach. Empty lot next door. Lot was full of trash. But I didn't know. I never saw somebody dump trash there. So I don't know – like we didn't throw our trash there, right? So it was coming from somewhere. But yeah, the trash thing in a lot of – well, developing nations is weird to me. But if you've – have you ever been to Rwanda? Yeah. Clean as fuck. Like Sunday is like a community garbage pickup day and that place is clean and nice. Uh, I mean it's definitely poor still but – It's a weird – Africa is – so country dependent well it's huge people don't realize it's 6 times the size of the US it's fucking but it,
0: massive it's very interestingly like despite having been and I'm going to get nerdy despite despite being victim to the the migration of bantu people across the continent that even though they're all coming from a very similar lineage they've developed very unique cultures based on a country right, right like yeah. somebody from uh, like Gabon is uh, even though they're Western African, they don't have similar mindsets as like Cote d'Ivoire or even like neighboring C.A.R. In Mali, I saw that the most Uh, like Mali is ext- like
1: the most tribal that I've seen in Africa, like different tribes or different caste systems. And I haven't been everywhere in Africa, but I've been, you know, across the continent Um. Mali was very much like the people that ran the river were one tribe and like they were a different caste system than everybody else, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Um, so it's very, very blended there. Like everybody like kind of like overlaps. They know their role. Uh, well, those are like two opposing ideas, right? Like they they know their role, right? Yeah. Um, large. It works. It's opposing ideas for us. But like in India, You know, there's, I mean, there's a higher. Well, they don't
1: overlap, right? Like, if you're a dude, so one of the places I got taken to visit was a school for the children that, like, are from the river tribe. Yep. Um, There's a French school. Super cool. But those kids don't go to school otherwise, like, because that's their tribe. You know what I mean? Like, there is no overlap. It's like, you do the fishing and river sand excavating, and that's fucking it. I they, get
0: that they didn't clean up the poops. Different. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's a other thing, right? Like the cast system. I, I don't know. Like we think about it. I think that I was raised. You were, you weren't a Boy Scout or anything, were you? I was a Boy Scout. So like we, I wasn't I, I a Boy scuba Scout. Scuba
1: diving license in the Boy Scouts.
0: Really? Yep. So I wasn't a Boy Scout, but I I wished I had been, and I went to camps that stressed a lot of the things, like over the summers. A lot of the outdoorsman thing but you grew up
1: in Africa. Well only like for you went here.
0: Oh I thought yeah, you only grew for, it you. for like years. No, 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 no. I grew up oh. in I grew up in Texas, Louisiana. I knew you
1: claim Texas as home, but
0: I mean I was born and raised, um, but like I mean I grew up on a ranch. I grew up like working and doing stuff, you know, but it's it's weird. Like on my summers I learned a lot of like about the outdoors at summer camp and <laughs> I always laugh because like we grew up getting it beaten in our heads that like if you wanted to pee, you need to be 50 feet, 50 paces off the trail just because you didn't want to like pollute the trail or you need to be 50, definitely 50 feet, 50 paces away, not 50 feet, 50 paces away from like any flowing water when you pee because you didn't want. Yeah, that's. They I don't follow those rules hardly hard anymore, but I definitely am aware that I don't want to, like, pee volumes into a flowing body of water. Um, also, like when you take a shit, we, I grew up, they call you called a piss of 50 and you called a shit a 200 because it was 200 paces away from a trail. And we don't do that. But we, I'm cognizant of the fact that I'm trying to step far enough away off the trail that someone's not going to step in my shit. Yeah, yeah, that was the idea. Like I remember, I did a lot of backpack. So to be fair, I got kicked out of the Boy Scouts. Nice. I did a and lot and surface of shitting is a goddamn yeah. You don't egg. surface that is shit. that is a fucking sin the that best should never be forgiven. Shitting, uh, I had I had a buddy that would shit
1: in a pile, surface shit, and then he would throw his used wet wipes. Like, on top of it no no off to, on top of it is at least acceptable cuz now you're marking your surface shit he would throw his wet wipes like a throw away so he's shitting in one spot you're still in the wet wipes so you
0: see the pile of wet wipes and you're like fuck man that's a poop pile <laughs> you go to walk around and then you it step right in this shit you're like bro i'm, I'm like, not going to oh, name any fuck. names but when we were shooting some content out in the mountains one of our <coughs> associates was like, oh, I got the poop cramps. I got to go shit. And I'm like, cool. Well, step far enough off the thing that doesn't get in the way. This motherfucker walked up the only bike trail right where we're at, where I'm going to have to ride my bike for content. And shit on the trail. Ten feet off the main fucking road, behind a bush, on a rock, like on an exposed rock, just drops a monster turd and And then leaves toilet paper on top of it. And then walks back. Well, I really need to do that. So there I am. I am pedaling uphill, dying, going up this rock, ride the bike right through it. And I was like, you motherfucker. Like, I I mean, it was like me uphill. I can't see it like right through it. I was just like, this, dude. And, you know, then you get the rooster tail. So I've got I've got a shit sprayed on the back of my shirt <laughs> from the tire. And I'm just like. Ugh. i was like didn't anybody ever tell you you're not supposed to shit on the ground oh no i, I, didn't. I didn't where am i supposed Should've to a boy scout you're supposed to dig a hole motherfucker and then you cover it up
1: you don't always have the uh accoutrement to dig the hole i will say that you um, should or use a stick
0: like yeah, you can use a stick to dude, do it
1: yeah i guess it depends where you are you ain't digging an a e-tool hole with a stick in arizona
0: no, but an E tool is literally probably one of the most indisposable items that you bring camping.
1: Oh, it's great! I have. It's one, one of those I things have like a little truck kit with like you know a snatch strap and all that bullshit, and an E tool is in there for.
0: This thing, is a fold up shovel, it out, whatever. It's a fold up yeah, shovel. Yeah, and it's okay. one of those things where people are like, "I don't know why you have this is a waste," and you're like, "No, this is literally one of the most useful things." You You'll use have. the
1: fuck out of that. Like, if you actually go outdoors and spend real time
0: outdoors, you will use a shovel.
1: Yep. Guaranteed.
0: And e-tools are great because the handle folds over to at an angle, and you can sit on it like one haunch. Like, you can put the blade in the ground and sit one ass cheek on the poop. handle and poop like you're That's actually sitting. It's amazing. Man.
1: I've come up with creative ways to poop, uh, like, in the jungle. You know, like tying off to a tree and hanging your yeah. ass off a cliff. And <laughs> here here I am. The bunny poop, you know. And <laughs> Hold my hands. Hand in hand. Uh, uh, the best one, I had a, my first team leader, uh, we were doing some bullshit training thing in the jungle. And he goes off to poop and comes back just steaming mad. And he's like... He's, like, toddler mad where, like, all of his movements are, like, violent and <laughs> you're yeah. shaking shit around. And I'm, like, dude, what's the deal? And he finally cracks and he's, like, man, I dropped my trowel and poop in, but then I had to pee. So I'm, like, fuck it. And I peed
0: all over my pants. <laughs> like, dude, how do you fuck that up? He wasn't pushing his dong down. Or maybe he had a little tiny, like, that shit, dong. Man.
1: Yeah, just. Poking
0: out the front, I've shit on myself sometimes, like especially when I was younger. I'm very conscientious on his
1: pants, basically. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's all good. I haven't, not even,
1: I haven't like straight up pooped myself as an adult in a long time. Um, I have told a bunch of like three poop stories at this point, so
0: I'm tapped out, but feel free. Uh, well, it's one of those things where I think that we talk about poop stories, and you know, we talked about earlier how people, other people, are embarrassed about public pooping. And then I realized, much like other things that we're good at or we don't notice, it's about inoculation. And it all starts when we first go to the field. And, like, you were talking about how your team leader wandered away to shit, right? Like, we do that recreationally, but in a working environment, you don't want to leave the patrol base because you don't want to get fucked up. You don't want to, like, not have security. You don't want to have somebody, like, give you shit. So you got to dig a slit trench in the middle of... Like, you have... 13 dudes who are so laying in the prone at facing out with like th- you could touch their feet on each side you know if you do and then you dig a trench in the middle and you got one dude squatting and shitting where he could like pretty much support himself with the other dudes who are around him so somebody's going to bitch about me telling too many
1: mill stories but my that's favorite what people poop listen story, to this for man that's for people me. listen to this so my favorite poop story Personally of mine Is from recon school In our patrol phase Which they try to keep you awake for like 10 days straight Right so you're only sleeping You know when you can steal it basically At the very last day So I was sick as fuck for like the last Three days The very last day or second to last day Whatever it is uh, The new instructor takes over and he's like Man you guys are fucking hammered He's like check it out getting a cigar Shape touching each other Yep I'll be back in You know An hour I gotta do paperwork Like If you gotta piss Take two steps away If you gotta shit Take four steps away So We're like sweet Like this motherfucker's Not telling us to go to sleep But we're going to sleep
0: All tactically unsound Guidance from this guy
1: Oh this guy (laughs) But he Like he knew We were straight zombies Right He's like I gotta walk away You know And let these dudes Rack out for an hour Or they're (laughs) gonna Fucking do dumb shit So He walks away We immediately flop, you know, ruck to ruck. I have a dream. Mind you, I'm sick as fuck. I have a dream. And in my dream, I wake up and I'm like, man, I got to poop. I walk like 50 meters away. I dig a little hole. I pop a squat and I shit. And when I shit in my dream, I shit in real life laying <laughs> up against my rock <laughs> next to everybody else. So I just fully unload into my pants and I'm sick and it's, you know, patrolling for a week and a half already. And my pants are just loaded up with the nastiest poo you can imagine. And I'm like, what? You get to
0: carry it around with me? you. So it gets better. You I'm going like, to shake it out.
1: <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm not fucking doing this. Right. So I stand up, I clean myself off. I think that I'm sick as fuck and haven't slept really in, you know, eight, nine days at this point. I think that I walk 50 meters away. I ball up these disgusting poop filled shorts and I huck them as far as I can. I wake and go back, you know, think I'm going to go to sleep. For the rest of this hour (laughs) I go back and go to sleep And uh, like the sun hit was kind of cresting Right, This is probably like 4-5am to So we all wake up to this dude Yelling what the fuck And I look up and like Six feet away from me Dangling from a tree are these Poop covered shorts Just (laughs) ripping poop Like right (laughs) next to us But the best part is Thinking about that from the perspective of the instructor Because in his mind Somebody shit their pants and hung these shorts <laughs> like six feet away from him on purpose. Right? He has no idea the rest of the story. But that's my favorite poop story: is when I shit my pants in recon school, and I'll just keep talking because Doug's fixing his headphones.
0: Listen, you have you've stepped away to walk the dog or whatever twice. I and let say him. Anything? Out, let him back in. <laughs> um. Dude, that's amazing. I imagine that the instructor and I'm sure at that point you already done with this thing. You don't want to be involved in it at all.
1: No, like and it was one of those, those short state
0: exactly where they were at.
1: Oh, yeah. Like we blew out of there, you know, like he's fucking th- yelling and throwing shit at us. We got to <laughs> get our rucks on and run for another, you know, two miles out of the patrol base. It would have been all better if he'd fuck. walked
0: right into it with his face. Dude. But the
1: my favorite is
0: thinking about that from his perspective, because
1: I guarantee you this motherfucker tells this story of like, dude, I walked up on these students and <laughs> these dirty motherfuckers hung their poopy underwear in this tree right next to where they're sleeping.
0: Uh, dude, I think that the public service announcement of this podcast, of all public service announcements, is to let our listeners know that if they are kidnapped or captured in a foreign land, the most certain way to avoid exploitative sexual congress with your captors is to utilize giardia or any other sort of of poop malady. Mm. No one will want to bang you if you're just shitting yourself. That's what you think. It's true, though. I mean, they're kinky motherfuckers. Them kinky motherfuckers. (laughs) Joke's on you. Your captor likes that shit. First off, the
1: captor that is going to bang a greasy, nasty... Tatted up, two hundred pound dude. They'll do it. I'm sure you know, they'll they will, do it. But I don't know if they're going to let poop stop them. Like they've it, already crossed so many psychological
0: barriers. That, I don't think like, that there's psychological barriers for them, right? Like know. it's it's a I've never it's an expression. A pound. I've never raped anybody <laughs> for starters, but certainly not a tatted up two hundred. I appreciate guy. this conditional response. Yeah. I'm just speaking in general about the fact that we've both spent a reasonable amount of time in cultures that. Uh, Value sexual dominance between men.
1: Yeah, I guess you're
0: right. They're not crossing them. the same mental barriers that you would have to cross. <laughs> For me, I'm like, no, I'm not into this. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like we're talking about deliverance. Oh wait, we yeah, kind of are. Kind of are. <laughs> the the hollers of uh, same, same Tennessee and Kentucky and West Virginia are basically Afghanistan. All right, so we've reached, we've reached an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah,
1: so like an hour and 10 is usable, and <laughs> we are done,
0: fucking out of here. Yeah.
1: Anything
0: but you I, want to say to wrap things up? No, I, I think that, um, so we're uh, just for anybody listening, we're experimenting with new ways to record this content. Uh, we're going to talk about how we implement video as well to make it a more like multimedia experience. But for now, um, with COVID and all of us working remotely, We're going to try some different platforms and different recording methods. Uh, We'll probably have uh, a variety of rotating hosts between myself, Brent, uh, Ryan and George. And, um, you know, like, we'll just get some content out for you guys to listen to while you're driving. I don't think that. I, I still marvel to this day that anyone actually downloads the podcast to listen to us pontificate. Dude, we get the shit reach on the podcast, though. Like
1: Other companies are like, oh, we had uh, 1.5 million listeners. I'm like, we had like
0: 42 guys.
1: Download-. Let's, let's dive into this. I think our good numbers
0: are like two 3,000 downloads. Uh, it's worth numbers. noting, though, that we don't inflate our numbers. Do people do that? Oh, it is literally. So I don't think anybody gets great reach on their podcast other than like Joe Rogan and yeah, maybe so people tell you what their numbers are but it's like that fabricated back-end shit like where you, you know you and i yeah know, like back. well yeah we've paid yeah. to advertise on podcasts They're
1: like we get two million listeners a month we're like well nobody used your fucking discount code for softly to buy some shit so what's the
0: difference between you know impressions and effective impressions like yeah, come on sure. man. you're just it's marketing talk and so like for for i mean when you tell people what how many unique downloads we have uh, when we were in our boom, we were getting like close to 7,000 unique downloads on a podcast.
1: Oh, that's not bad.
0: It's not bad at all. And I, I just laugh, though. All of those people are clearly mentally handicapped if they're, if they're willing to download an hour and a half or two hours of us talking about poop. dog fighting or poop. <laughs> <The dog. laughs> Jesus. All right. On that note, I'm going to hit stop.